When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again, everybody, and welcome into Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips joined by Paul Strelow from TigerIllustrated.com. Paul will bring us the Clemson perspective today. Paul, you know, a lot of talk this week about this Carolina-Clemson rivalry game, but uh, really hard to put a finger on exactly what it means to both programs here. Clemson, obviously, with uh, a lot at stake, and we know that the Gamecocks uh, would like to get off the schneid against Clemson and break the three-game losing streak. No love lost between these two, Paul. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it will be. You know, uh, I think, like you said, no love loss there. I think one of the interesting components of the Spurrier-Dabo-Sweeney, you know, that era of the rivalry is, you know, while there were jabs and some bars thrown uh, at each other during the week, you know, uh, off the field, they got along pretty well. Wives were really good friends. Uh, you know, I think they, they just kind of understood that to be part of the, the engagement. Uh, and particularly, I mean, that's been Spurrier's ammo through the years where, you know, now that we are the, the Dabo Sweeney will must champ portion uh, of the rivalry, I think it's very, it's contrasting. You know, I think they're, they are civil in the media, uh, and say the right things, but I don't think there's, uh, like you said, any love loss between the two staffs, uh, going in. So, uh, you know, it, it does add an interesting component. You know, I think, uh, you know, coaches always, you know, in rivalry games, I mean, they know where their bread is buttered. They know how, they, you know, they get asked questions every year on, do they know how important the rivalry is to the fans and, you know, uh, really kind of worthless topics like that. But it is an interesting layer to this rivalry when you do have, you know, a little bit of contentiousness and, and truly they feel that, that one side does want to beat, uh, you know, the other side, not just for their professional gain, uh, but just, you know, for the personal satisfaction of it. That's right. A lot of reasons that both teams want to win this ball game. We've got a 7.30 kickoff Saturday night, national TV game on ESPN. Joe Tessitore, Todd Blackledge, and Holly Rowe on the call. Clemson about a 14-point favorite right now. So where to begin here, Paul? Let's talk about Clemson first and college football playoff implications. Obviously, the Tigers uh, a week out from the ACC championship game against the Miami Hurricanes. So it's pretty simple at this point for the Tigers. Paul, if they win the next two, they go back to the playoff and they got a chance to defend their national championship. I really think it's it's that simple in the motivation. You know, uh, you know, we get caught up, uh, you know, particularly in the year-to-year cycle, how important the rivalry is, and for fans, certainly there's, you know, the, the bragging rights and all that are, are really what is most at stake. But as players and as coaches, you know, and I think even, you know, I keep referencing Spurrier here, but I go back to what he said that I absolutely agreed with, where if you're in their shoes, you know, conference titles and beyond should be the bigger goal, should be more important, uh, you know, for what for what's at stake for them. And I think that's very much the way Clemson, uh, you know, particularly the players come into this, is this is their playoff lives still at stake. You know, this one and Miami, I don't think they're looking ahead to Miami by any stretch. 
but it's very much you, know, you throw out the control your own destiny type deal. You win, you're in. Uh, and so that component there, you know, I think uh, is a driving force for them going in. And, and even going back to, to last year, where, you know, Clemson really kind of idled through much of the season. And it, it really took the loss to Pittsburgh. They came back the next week, you know, uh, took care of business against Wake Forest, probably like they should have. But really, that in the South Carolina game, uh, really the way that they uh, dispensed the South Carolina in that game, shot their confidence through the roof and really got their momentum running. You know, you talk a lot, a lot about who's the best team over the course of the season, but really where it gets pertinent among those select candidates is who's the hottest team. And Clemson kind of used this spell last year, those final two games, to get hot. And I think that that's a switch that they would like to to flick again because they started off strong this year, a couple of quality wins, and I think they've been a little less efficient in their play uh, over the, the last couple games. And while they've still prevailed, I don't think they've had quite the execution and been quite as potent as they'd want to be, part of that injury-wise, part of that just execution-wise. Uh, so, you know, I think that's what's coming into this, you know, not only you know, they want to win it, obviously, uh, but the goal for them is to really kind of get the ball rolling and be, start playing their best uh, when they need it the most. Paul, how much of the Clemson focus this week is on getting back to the playoff, you know, obviously getting to the ACC championship game 11-1 and and having a chance to beat Miami to get back to the playoff? How much of the focus is on that? And how much of the focus for Clemson is on extending the three-game win streak? Carolina has not beaten Clemson since 2013. At that time, Carolina had beaten Clemson five years in a row, and I know that didn't sit well with Tiger fans, and now Clemson's come back and won three straight. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, mean, I do think the focus is on South Carolina. Uh, is it necessarily on extending a win streak? No, but I, I think it is on the, the details of wanting to win this game and what it will take for them to win this game and play better in the pro- you know, in the process. And I think that's for them, you know, cleaning up, you know, getting a Dexter Lawrence and Mitch Hyatt back health-wise to, to raise their level of play. Uh, they've left some passing plays on the table that, that really could have changed the complexion of their offense the last couple of weeks, cleaning up that. So I really think, you know, their focus is on South Carolina and a desire to, you know, uh, continue the trend in the rivalry game. I don't know that uh, they think of it in, in the, the terms that media and fans do okay. with with uh, with larger picture win streaks. I think it's a uh, it's a it's a year to year thing, uh, particularly if you're players uh, and, and coaches. So they can live in that bubble, and I think that's that's the context that they look at it with. All right, let's talk personnel for a moment. You mentioned Mitch Hyatt, Clemson offensive lineman, sat out the Citadel game last week, but he's full go this week. Yes. Uh, you know, he practiced some last week, and while I don't know that he will be 100% going into this game, you know it's certainly a difference when he is at left tackle, and that affords them the luxury. You know, when he's out, they play Tremaine Ankrum, who's kind of their swing tackle who can play both left and right. Uh, that they can play him more at right tackle. He's got quicker feet, uh, better in pass protection, uh, and some of the movement things they like to do. Uh, so certainly a versatility that comes there as well as just highest dependability uh, and, and, you know, an all-conference type player who will probably be an early-round draft pick should he decide to go. 
this year. So, you know, uh, I think cleaning that up and, and having having him uh, is obviously uh, a you know a significant piece as they they try and protect Kelly Bryant, which was an issue for them uh, probably midway through the season, uh, where a lot of teams really started doing heavy pressure. Uh, and it really forced Bryant to kind of prematurely leave the pocket. Paul, the Clemson rushing attack is the best it's been under Dabo Sweeney, and Clemson's ground game led by Travis Etienne, the freshman from Louisiana, and Tavian Feaster, sophomore from Spartanburg, South Carolina. And Kelly Bryant has run the ball very effectively this well uh, this year as well. So talk about the Clemson offense and what the Gamecocks can expect to see there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the running game is the best it's been because they have their best pure running quarterback. Deshaun Watson had an incredible pocket presence, knew you know, and had a great kind of escapability. Uh, once he got running, you know, there was certainly a little bit of a, a looseness, looseness to him, but not someone that uh, was truly a a guy that was going to put together a lot of 20, 25 yard runs or somebody that you truly wanted to slam into the line at, at the goal line as your short yardage guy. And to me, Bryant's presence. You know, what you lose, you lose some in the passing game, but he compensates for it in the run game. Uh, you see it in their red zone offense, how efficient they are. You know, they've got to, you know, Tavian Feaster is 220 pounds, but the guy they go to uh, in short yardage is Bryant. Uh, when they, you know, as a, another 200, 6'4", 220-pound guy who's just difficult to bring down. So I think what he adds both from being a such a good runner, but how how you have to account for that defensively with the numbers, uh, you know, as opposed to a a pocket passer who might run five times a game, but you're much less you know much less likely to be a weapon. I think what Bryant brings to the table kind of changes the complexion of what you do defensively. And I think what we've seen from South Carolina when they face a mobile quarterback, uh, you know they. I don't think South Carolina is a risk-taking defense this year at all, but even more so when they face a a mobile-type quarterback, what they've done is they've, they've played two, te- two deep safeties, try and keep everything in front of them, and force that that quarterback and that offense to put together methodical drives, uh, see if they'll make, you know, force them or see if they will make a mistake over a series of 10 to 12 plays. So that's kind of a, an interesting dynamic for me in this matchup is I, I think that's what you'll see them do unless the bleeding just gets to be too bad uh, with, with what Clemson can do in the run game. Paul, substantial losses for Clemson at wide receiver off the national championship team a year ago, but still some very familiar names there this year with Hunter Renfro and Deion Kane. Talk about the wide receiver spot. There's plenty of talent still there. I think the inconsistency of uh, particularly Deion Kane over the course of the season where he can run by just about – you know anybody? He's a great deep ball threat, but what they had in Mike Williams and going back even to Nuke Hopkins, a guy who went and those guys won fifty-fifty balls, you know, jump balls. But who's going to come down with it? And I think Kane, Kane, that's not the area he has excelled in. He's been very inconsistent there, and that's you know from his end has left a lot on the table. Uh, you know, so Clemson has you know Hunter Renfro. Uh, it has been Kelly Bryant's uh, safety blanket, you know, a lot of third downs, and you know he, that's where he's going, but he's so good on the short and intermediate routes uh, that uh, that it hasn't necessarily mattered so much. It, 
if Bryant can be accurate on his throws. So they they have a lot of pieces still there, and I think they they've I mean they rotate eight to ten guys uh, and have pretty frequently. Uh, it, but it's a matter I think also we haven't seen quite the the production from them. One because they're spreading around the reps so much, combined with two just the identity of the offense has changed. Uh, not only from you know how Kelly Bryant performs, but how teams are playing uh, this offense. So you haven't seen the, the big play potential uh, and a lot, you know, the, the robust numbers that Clemson is leading receiver, uh, their alpha guy has tended to have. Gamecock Central Radio, Emerson Phillips with Paul Strelow from TigerIllustrated.com. Paul's bringing us the Clemson perspective today, and we hope that you have downloaded the Gamecock Central Radio app. It's available in the App Store and on Google Play. we got this free phone app that allows you to listen to our podcast on your cell phone or mobile device. Subscribe to our podcast. Search for Gamecock Central Radio on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services, or just visit Radio. GamecockCentral.com, and the Gamecock Central hotline is set up for you. You can call in and be a part of our podcast. Call 803-497-9058. It's 497-9058. You call the GC hotline, leave us questions, comments, feedback, just leave a voicemail, and we'll play that recording of your voice on Saturday's game day edition of Gamecock Central Radio. Paul, the uh, offensive line for South Carolina, major concern, and more specifically blocking Clemson, it's been a real area of emphasis and I think an area of concern this week because Clemson dominated South Carolina up front last year, and Clemson's defense might be better this year than it was last year. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Dexter Lawrence's return, uh, he sat out not only the, the Citadel game last week, but Florida State before, which is really a calculated risk to try and get him healthier uh, for this end-of-season stretch. Kind of been hobbled by foot and ankle injuries uh, for, for most of the year, but Still on on one good wheel uh, has been pretty pretty good and uh, and frequently dominant while out there. Uh, like you said, I think if Clemson, you know, when they have Cleveland Farrell, Austin Bryant, uh, Christian Wilkins, and Dexter Lawrence out there, I mean, those four are are as strong a starting front as you'll get in college football. And so I, I think you know the the interesting part will be you know for Clemson. Uh, you know, uh, can those four control the line of scrimmage enough to kind of free linebackers, uh, help out in coverage, or will, you know, will they try and what they succeeded so much last year with? Those four are so dominant up front, uh, that you could pressure with the linebackers, get through quickly, and it really rattled Jake, Jake Bentley early. Uh, not only the pressure they got there, but also just the, the perception that pressure was coming. Uh, and you get quick feet. And, uh, and that threw them off, uh, pretty early. You know, is that something that Clemson can execute again? Uh, you know, I, I think that will be of interest. I, I'm very much interested to see if South Carolina tries to run, or excuse me, tries to pass to set up the run. You know, because I don't think, uh, you know, that they go in probably thinking based on their returns throughout the course of the year, uh, that they're, that the running game is going to be consistent enough for them. Uh, to depend on, you know, getting four to five yards on a first down. Uh, you know, I think that they, uh, you know, I really think Hayden Hurst could be a big part of this for South Carolina in their game plan. Uh, but, you know, going back to the defensive line, you know, that dictates everything for Clemson. And when they've been able to make opponents one dimensional, which is, you know, when, when you can do, when you're any defensive coordinator and you can do that, 
uh, that's when Brent Venable's teams have tended to feast on opponents. So if they if they can, you know, I, I think that very much will dictate things early on on whether can can South Carolina keep them off balance uh, to where they're just not, you know, uh, just making a beeline for Jake Bentley. Mm-hmm. Uh, on predictable downs and distances. Yeah, boy, South Carolina's had success. They've won games when they've run the football this year, and when they haven't, they've lost. And if the Gamecocks are not able to get a ground game going against Clemson, could be a long day for Jake Bentley. So, Paul, uh, the kicking game for both teams has not been very good this year. Tell us about Clemson. Mm-hmm. I tend to, you know, while I look at South Carolina's, uh, Parker's uh, got pretty good numbers inside 40. Uh, you, you're just uh, beyond that. Uh, it's you're really lucky if one goes <laughs> based on the numbers. Clemson, you know, when, when they lost Greg Hugel to injury early on a torn ACL in practice, I mean that truly changed the complexion for them. Alex Spence, a, a veteran scholarship kicker from Florence, you know, uh, I think really they're they can just they're just in career kind of confidence issues and things going on there to where you know I don't know that there's really any kick that is trusted out there. I think that was when he said. Well, all they're expecting from Alex Spence is to make the layups. You know, the uh, really from 30 yards in, uh, extra points and, and very short field goals, and they're about all they trust right now. So uh, that's a component to watch should things be tight down the stretch or, or really, you know, uh, depending on how valuable points are is going along. Uh, you know, uh, that and that will certainly factor into the Clemson coaching staff's thinking uh, in terms of, you know, decisions made with, you know, once you get inside the 35, you know, I think they'll be much, much more prone should it be a manageable down distance to go for it instead of trying to, you know, run the risk of what they can get with field position and, and trying field goals. So, you know, it, it's, it's been pretty rough, uh, for Clemson, but they've managed to kind of patchwork it so far and it hasn't been an issue, uh, really in there in most of the games. So, uh, they've managed so far. Field goals have been an iffy proposition for both teams all year, so it'll be interesting to see what role special teams will play in the outcome of the South Carolina-Clemson game, 7.30 kickoff Saturday night on ESPN. It'll be a packed house, standing room only expected at williams Bryce for this rivalry ball game. Paul, I think South Carolina-Clemson is an underrated rivalry. We in the Palmetto State know how intense it is, how serious it is, but I'm not sure that folks around the country understand that. Oh, I mean, I do think there there is the intensity and the, the passion there to it. Uh, but I think everybody thinks their rivalry uh, is is pretty doggone uh, salty. Uh, so, you know, I think it does still have a ways to go before, you know, and Alabama-Auburn, for example, you know, there might be equal levels of contentiousness, but just the history and tradition there uh, can attract a national audience. And I don't think that, uh, you know, like you said, you know, I don't think there there's quite the, the pull for a Clemson-South Carolina, but I also think that that comes with, program relevance over time you know the, the the game everything might be as heated and the passion there but really what you need is those two both programs to elevate themselves to to national relevance and prominence over an extended period for it to really take on that life and it you know they were it felt like they were sort of getting there for a little while uh you know the, the last couple of years and i think that uh, really you know they need both programs consistently in the top 25 uh, for for that to really, you know, probably gain any traction. That's right. Hey, Paul, good stuff today. We appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on Gamecock Central Radio. Hey, appreciate it.
All right, that's Paul Strelo with TigerIllustrated.com bringing us the Clemson perspective today. And I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for joining us, and enjoy the ball game Saturday night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.